Share the Influence podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Eckes, a serial entrepreneur and social media guru that has an infatuation with all things business related. On the show, we bring together brands, creators, and thought leaders to discuss the power of influence. Each episode is jam-packed with learnings, firsthand stories, and conversations from guests that truly have their finger on the pulse. Stay tuned as we dive into the stories and explore the impact they're making by getting under the influence. Oh my gosh, you guys, I have on just the sweetest, most inspiring guest today. I'm so excited to have her on the show. Me and Aisha have developed somewhat of a friendship over the last year or so, just working together. And I attended a few of her incredible events. And just her story is just so cool. It's such a story of someone coming with a vision and a mission and really looking to kind of find their place in life all while being like fully surrendered, but also hustling their ass off, which is just such a story that I applaud and something that I look to and just inspires me altogether. So today I'd like to welcome on Aisha Sarah. She's the founder and CEO of Grow the Social. It's a PR agency that's based in LA that specializes in talent management, representation, influencer marketing, strategic brand partnerships, and event production. She's also a content creator and podcast host of a top mindset and business podcast called Coffee and a Good Vibe. Also, if you're in LA and you are in the CPG scene or the entrepreneurial scene, you've probably heard of or been to one of her events. She's just an incredible incredible entrepreneur and someone that it just has this light to her. So without further ado, let's welcome her to the show. Guys, welcome back to the show. Today I have on a personal friend and also just such a lovely guest, Miss Aisha Sarah. You are this incredible CEO behind Grow the Social, a beautiful PR agency out here in LA. And you also are the podcast host of Coffee and a Goodbye, which is honestly more like an experiential podcast yeah. than it really is like a podcast. Yeah, I know. It's like literally a live events podcast now. I love that though, because honestly, I feel like it's so cool what, what you've done with it and how you've grown it. But before we go and dive into all this, I want to hear how you started the agency. And I want to hear a little bit about your Canadian background and what it was like for you to come over to the United States and start a business. Oh, we're going right into it. We're going to jump right in. Thank you so much for having me. You literally are such an abundant bright light. And you do the most. Like literally on lockdowns, like you have a killer agency, a podcast. You are just such a connector. And I'm just so grateful we're in each other's lives. Yes, same. It always presents like mirror. You know? always always um but let's let's go there i give this story a lot so i feel like i can like speed it up too and just give high level and we sure. go into the nitty-gritty but specifically on the agency so yeah. i'm a canadian if you know you know if you're canadian or someone who's from another country if you want to live in the states you want to do business here you can't just move to the states and start a business mm-hmm. you have to be a u.s citizen or get a visa so for me i was in my early 20s i remember being 21 coming to la with friends you know like everyone does like that little 
trip when they first go to LA and they're like, oh my God, it's sunny, it's warm, celebrities. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I want to live here. Uh-huh. Everyone has that dream. Like, yeah. I'm an Aries. I'm very stubborn and set in my ways. Mm-hmm. And it served a lot on the business side because I was set on LA. I was like, mm-hmm. I want to live here. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. Well, when I started educating myself around how to do that, the options was were either like, you have to get a visa. So kind of going into different visas without going into it. Also, um, I will say like this for context is like 2018. So mm-hmm. this is very recent because before when you wanted to live in the States, like our parents' age, it was a different process. And also my journey was once... Trump was elected. He mm-hmm. changed the immigration laws. So it was actually, I remember my year, I was like, oh, this is the first year like the Trump, it's like only a freshman a year. So even le- looking at like trying to get advice from people who did it three years ago, it was different because yeah. different rules. So I also feel like I've become such a wealth of knowledge in this with the newer yeah. guidelines that I like love to share. And also I'm like so not political because I'm so grateful to live in this country. So I just feel like I'm so grateful that everything worked out with the visa. But for me, long story short, I was very young, but people were like, go to school. But if you go to school, you have to do a full course load. And I'm an entrepreneur and I only want to be here. <laughs> They're like, oh, business. maybe, maybe not the full-time school <laughs> Literally thing. not. And then also when you're on a visa, if you're on an O1, if you're on a student visa, it is very strict. Like you can only be in school. You cannot legally work. Wow. Yeah. Or if you're on an O1 and you're here for modeling, you can only model. It's like very particular. And then when COVID happened, uh-huh. a lot of people who were on O1s or, or student visas, they were sent back to Canada or wherever they're from because I get it too. I'm not speaking. I'm just like sharing. I get it. The US is like, what? you don't need to be here. Yeah. Like, you can go be remote now. Yeah. So I totally get it. And I, I'm always such a stickler of like, follow the rules and play the game like i Mm -hmm. understand as canadians we're very lucky compared to other countries where you can come to the states for six months every year Mm -hmm. but you can't work that's the other thing it's like you can't technically legally Mm -hmm. i know people do it but legally yeah you can't have an llc and give your w9 out contract companies you cannot legally work i know people come to the states they come for their meetings and leave but they got really strict on that. And that's why I also get why the rules change. Because once I studied, because I had to study it mm-hmm. to get the visa, I had to like play by the rules, get interviewed by the U.S. consulate. No, I, I kind of understood it completely. I was like, I get it. People are before, like people were milking the system a little yeah. bit. So they made it super intense. And I really do get it. But long story short, E2 visa, Canada, Canadians can apply for this. You start now, I'll see you invest multiple six figures into creating this LLC. And then you have to make this business basically with that investment, you use it to get the business up to a working business. So for example, like if you're an agency like myself, you get office, it's very traditional too. Yeah, You get office space, you buy certain things that they think the US consulate thinks that a marketing agency needs. You start to take meetings to hire. So you have basically by the time you're ready to submit, you have this like a hundred page book that you created wow. after the year of you hustling to build this business. And you have your contracted brands that are going to hire your agency for the next five years. Cause that's the visa term. You have 
employees that you've like vetted that are going to be W9s and 1099s. So it's like, I wouldn't require all of this of you. Yeah. And before you get the visa, because the stronger your case is with how much money you put down, how many jobs you're going to create, how many companies are going to hire you, you'll get the visa if they can see the economic Mm. stimulation. So I feel like when I, and also with having a podcast, people are like in that phase, my listeners are a lot of people who are like trying to become an entrepreneur or take that leap. I think I had no choice, but to not only put skin in the game, but what Mm. it was to take insane action. And then also because a lot of this work, I technically had to be in the States and like taking meetings, networking my face off, proving myself. But you weren't even allowed to take But then I wasn't allowed to work. So like I had to essentially like nurture relationships like crazy, prove myself, give them a contract, pretty much potential clients to sign me. And I told them, I was like, if you're not happy, like you don't have to sign for five years, just sign this. Like this is a five-year contract. They they believed in me. They were so supportive. But like, I also had such a time crunch to do that in like six months, technically, because that's what you mean. And I didn't even want to do six months because that's like really pushing it Mm -hmm. with your like time and then submit the papers. And then you're back in Canada. When you submit, you're literally waiting for a phone call from the U.S. consulate to go in for an interview, to then get interrogated on everything. And then this is insane. It's it's like traumatizing. And I did this. I was 22 when I submitted everything. We were 22 years old. I remember that consulate meeting. Oh my God. I don't even know if I can I was sweating. No phone. Owning an agency after six years. I think because that was my first experience of like going through everything. Mm I was like in that process too like of setting up the business i know i just like rushed through it and like really quickly it was really stressful at that age and i remember like even on my personal life like i was like you are 21 i was like you are not looking at a boy you are not dating you are not getting (laughs) sidetracked and i completely closed myself on so now that i'm like you know i have this business i'm like trying to be more about it's so weird it's like i go in a routine so much on my like social and I'm trying to be more balanced because I'm so structured. And I think it's because of that time in my life. I mean, that makes so much sense because again, looking back in your 20s, it's like where you truly kind of develop like the flavor of who you are as an adult, right? Yeah, um, and like, well, and like, and for you to have gone through such a rigid system mm-hmm. and to like also have to like, because like, you're not only building out a business like game plan you're you're literally you also action on it and yeah. like money was the big thing i remember yeah like even investing in that like yeah and they're really big on when you set up the bank account mm-hmm. it's not your name it's your llc's name that you're mm-hmm. hoping to get and it's very big with this type of visa it's like america's money it's yeah. like llc so a lot of it was like really high stress but then I think like once I got it approved Mm -hmm. and it was like a crazy moment, it was like, now it's go time. Like, go Mm -hmm. girl. It's your time to like go create. So let's, let's talk about that moment. So everything gets approved. You're like, holy shit, I made it. Now, now what? What did the agency look like at that point? And like, what was like, especially being as young as you were, what was like the next step? Because I feel like that's almost like that would almost paralyze me a little bit to be like, holy shit, I made it right now. I was so what? excited. I, I'm so I'm big on law of attraction. Yeah. And I literally, I'm so big. Like I think during this time, I had nothing to rely on but faith and like a mindset. Mm-hmm. I mean, every single person around me at that time 
only say you're getting the visa approved. If anyone said, oh, what if this? I did not entertain that thought. And that's like a big part of me with law of attraction. It's like, I studied that, the principles of law of attraction, and I acted as if I literally went as far as I got a lease. Wow. So I didn't get this visa. I was telling my parents, I was like, you will have to deal with this lease because I signed it for a year. And then I even went as far as I, once I got my interview date, I booked a flight back to LA after the interview date, knowing that I would get it approved because I had that much faith. You went all in. I went all in on law of attraction. But honestly, if it's, you if it's something you want, yeah, if it's something you want, yeah, if you believe in it and you're, if you're fully practicing it, it literally worked out and came through. Yeah, it was so insane. But once I got it, I honestly, and it's, you know, I even think about this now, like, we sometimes like as entrepreneurs, we're like, oh, once I hit six figures, once I hit seven figures, then I'll mm-hmm. take that vacation or then I'll take that break. And I think my thing I was always saying is like, oh, once you get your visa approved, then you can like enjoy time with friends. Then you can like say yes to dating now. Like you've like, you can have a social life. And you know, what's the crazy thing. It The crazy thing is like, once I got that visa, I was like, wow, it's go time. Like now I have to fulfill this visa. And I kind of like stayed in that whole like grind, hustle, Gary B. Like, I love Gary B though. Like I'm just saying like, I like really kind of went even harder once I got here. Mm -hmm. And it was so, but it's so great and so fulfilling. But I feel like now it's like my wiser self now at 28, I'm like, okay, let's have, let's enjoy this process. And I think a lot of our mutual friends, Mm -hmm. you, Kaylee, Danielle, the Clearstone girls, like it's so awesome to be living here and be like Mm -hmm. close with everyone. Like we'll go, like I'll go on a walk with Kaylee because we live so close. And like, it ends up being like therapy as founders and friends, like with just like going through different things and you learn so much from being here. Yeah. So I feel like, now I'm starting to have more of the balance that I would have told my younger self to have. Yeah. But when I got the agency, it was kind of like, you know, it, and it's really funny that you, that we actually, I mean, because I started my agency at 22. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that we both what have so many. Now? I'm 29. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. It's funny that you chose an agency and you're saying like, it's go time. I felt like, I dabbled in my early 20s of like, what am I actually supposed to be doing? Like, am I actually supposed to be like on top of this business or is it just something that makes me money? And I remember thinking that I had such this crazy ambition for what I thought success looked like. And I spent most of the years in the agency feeling like it was not a success because I had like this crazy idea of what success looked like. And it really wasn't until like the last a couple years, honestly, until like really around 2020, where I started to actually be like, wait a minute, this is like a business that I, that can like work to what I want it to be and to like what I want my life to look like. How has grow the social? How have you kind of adjusted this so that you can have a balanced lifestyle? Oh, so I you can do that. more of those things. I also feel like throughout this time, you know, like whenever I get 
I'm like, oh, you you were really hustling. Like you didn't do anything social. Like when you were working so hard, mm-hmm. I'm like so grateful for that time in my life because it really strengthened like my self awareness, my journaling practice. Like moving to LA and like being alone in this yeah. scary environment and like having no family, like not being even legal to be here. It's like so many different emotions. And I think the only thing that got me through was like my prayer my faith my meditation routine my journaling and I think like that's really helped me gain clarity in my entrepreneurial path mm-hmm. because the business has really shifted into full service PR like yeah. managing influencers and doing all PR for brands so influencer campaigns like even when we touch events it's like it's the fun part it's like okay like the guest list curating really great clientele for them to get exposure in front of and like helping them with PR is so sexy on social, yeah. like, but I, I truly like always would, I will always would have dreamed to like be in the role that I am right now. But when I started, it was a lot of like social media marketing, you know, like all the other elements of it. But then I think over the years of growing in my, in my like industry and then making these like bigger brand connections and serving clients that are a lot bigger than our talent. I'm so grateful to like now be fully in the in the PR space, but I feel like it doesn't like that whole element doesn't come unless you like really know what your passions are. Cause mm-hmm. you have to, I feel like both of us, it's like for the work that we do, you kind of have to be obsessed with it and love yeah. it. <laughs> I work all the time. Uh-huh. But I yeah. love it. Yeah. I love what I do and I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. Get Super is an instant wellness beverage brand created by moi. So good, you won't believe it's instant. It's for those seeking convenient energy sans the jitters. That's right. We put good old-fashioned broad-spectrum hemp CBD into our organic Arabica instant coffee. It's probably Arabica, but I call it Arabica because it sounds more fun. Get super and our hemp extract contains all the naturally occurring cannabinoids and turpentines. We include about 20 milligrams of hemp per each stick pack to give you all the fun, calm energy, plus that true entourage effect. All the benefits without getting quote unquote high as all of our products are non-psychoactive. Get Super has been featured in Forbes US Today and was named top startup to watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. Also, you guys, Get Super has helped me with my anxiety. It helps me sleep better at night. I've mentioned to you guys my whole mental health journey. And honestly, this company was a just passion and project of love because of what I've gone through and what I've walked through with my own depression and anxiety. I hope that it will help you the same exact way it has helped me. So go ahead and get your 15% off by using the code under the influence 15 at checkout. That's right. Under the influence 15 at checkout. As you have this agency, when did you start falling in love with podcasting or what gave you the idea to create the podcast? So when I w- was just figuring things out, you know, didn't even have my visa yet. I was here hustling, meeting yeah. people, figuring things out, just trying to be a sponge and mm-hmm. like le- also learn a lot with business because I didn't, you know, school doesn't teach you how to be an entrepreneur. No, no. Like, you got to be resourceful. I remember like meeting <laughs> someone in LA at a coffee shop and because one of the things I was doing, it's so funny how like things change. Because like now 
I killed to like just work from home and be a hermit and get shit done. But when I was like, when I was here figuring out my visa, I was like, you're not allowed to work from your Airbnb. You have to work only remote because that's where opportunity is. You're in LA, girl. Yeah. You only got to be out in the scene. And I just feel like throughout that time of like meeting you, putting myself out there, mm-hmm. I love coffee. I love good vibes. And I was like always really positive. And I was like, you know what? The people I'm putting myself out there to meet, whether that be LinkedIn, Instagram, DMing these different founders and leveraging my age and my energy to get connected with them. I was like, I need to record this because I was sharing so much on social. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people from my hometown were like, that's so crazy. Like, wow, you're in LA. I was like, I need to share more of this. Let me share. What if I could record these coffee conversations that I'm having with these founders that are giving me the time of day? And obviously, as you know, be having a podcast that shifted really quickly because you can't just do this at a coffee shop. You got to be in a room. You got to have the rubber mic. So it started right away kind of through wanting to connect it's such a beautiful idea to be recording these conversations with founders and i mean you have such a robust network right like you've interviewed pretty much every major cbg brand founder i think on the west coast that's available to you so where was the shift from i'm going to start podcast to now you're taking this podcast and you're making events out of it which i think is so incredible because it's something where it marries it marries both. It marries the value that you're bringing to the listener, but then also the networking opportunity and the chance for brands to also get in front of your audience. So where did that idea come from? Yeah. So uh, it's so funny because these events, because I'm not, I'm not a Whitney. Okay. Oh I'm not the event planner. So these events, thanks for me, like traumatizing. I mean, you're killing it though. You're <laughs> one. I remember that first one. I remember every day I was like updating. I was on a call with my website designer mm-hmm. and she was like, we, cause we were updating the site to just like recap. We put all our events on there mm-hmm. and it was so funny. She was like, how are you saying all these dates? Like, cause they're random dates, right? Like November 30th uh-huh. and like May 17th. Like I was like, traumatizing because you, <laughs> you so much goes into that there's a lot that goes like into events queen of events um, literally the queen so i think through truly because uh-huh. there's two parts to it there's number one like the pure passion for the event like mm-hmm. when i moved here i was struggling to find events that were not on like meetup.com that weren't like yeah. okay when you when you were trying to build a network and i'm just gonna be really open here yeah when you're trying to build a network with like high performers for you let's use Mm -hmm. you as an example your type of clientele is is not just a brand it's a brand that can pay this like work with the top the best of the best Mm -hmm. agency and event marketing and like top agency in la and pay that that price that comes with it because that's Mm -hmm. what they're getting all that value and those types of clients are not the free meetup.com, meetup.com <laughs> at Coffee Bean. No, they're not. Like, they're not there. And like when I moved here and like I was trying to figure it out and people were like, oh, I got that advice and I went to those things. I was like, how am I supposed to find clients that are going to invest in a social media marketing agency? Yeah. Like it just doesn't add up. And then I feel like through when I'm that like main story of, yeah. of wanting people to meet, I think because I grew such a crazy network, I was like, I want to create a space where everything can come full circle. I can have influencers because I've been working on the talent side. I have all these 
like great connections with influencers and managers and outer agencies. So I wanted to bring them together. I wanted to bring all the founders together. I wanted to bring also people like me who are in my community who who are coming to LA maybe, or maybe they live here who would kill to get into the room with those people. That's like what birthed it. I wanted to bring all these people together because I would have killed to come to something like that and meet like a hundred people that I could either like have as clients or have as friends. Mm -hmm. And then part two to that is being in the PR space and working on the brand side and the talent side. I was like, wow, I also feel like brands would invest in this because the demo I'm curating, they would love to get their product in front of. Yeah. And then I also think the content of the event was doing a live recording. Yeah. And I think like if I could get these like big influencer founders, like yeah. who move the needle and maybe have like 5 million followers of inf- like in the influence and I could put them on a panel that even more will generate more buzz. And then I get to interview them live and everyone will soak up value. Kind of like I wanted to create these things where everything came full circle. I mean, I think it's such number one, an ingenious idea, but even to hear you speak to it, it just makes so much sense. And I, I love that you've taken an opportunity and you're so driven by like, what would I have needed? back when I first started out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why these things where you are so in alignment and it's, and it really comes through and people get so excited about what you do with podcasting and the events is because it feels like there's, there's so much value being provided and it's actual true aligned value. It's not just kind of puffed up networking groups. It's not just kind of a free for all. I know I get him right now all the time to like do more. Like once the next one, I'm like, I'm not trying to do um, like one a month because like, it's not like it takes so much intention. Yeah. And it's the coolest thing because like when it comes together, like literally daily, I get DMs from people and I love to connect people. And like one guy was like, Hey, who was the guy at your event? Who has this business? Like I would love to connect with him. Then it, then you can make those intros. But then yeah. he was like, then he text DM me today and was like, thank you so much. I literally like, he's going to be working with me now. And it's like mm-hmm. those types of things. Like if you, if we create those spaces with that type of people, like those types of deals and things wouldn't go down. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's like so fulfilling. So let's, let's kind of move into kind of the marketing conversation here. So I, I, I mean, I have guests on, really the topics of conversation from the Influence podcast is around how they built their business and how they created this level and power of influence. So for you, I'm very interested to hear the way in which you work and how you leverage kind of your community from a marketing perspective, whether that's on social media, whether that's your podcast, things like that. Like what is the needle mover for you to not only get clients, but then also to keep building this community? Yeah. Like what do I do essentially to build that? Mm. Okay, so I, everyone's always like, oh, how do you build your network? I think I'm huge on adding value Mm -hmm. because if you are not approaching like every relationship, how can I add value versus uh, how cringe is it to you now at this stage? Like when someone's like, can I pick your brain? Yeah. Like time is so valuable. And like even 30 minutes of someone picking your brain can like, it's not serving you right now. And it's like, so I feel like from a younger age, it was always like, how can I add so much value to whether that be a potential client that I want to close or even with talent I work with? Mm-hmm. I, I think that through be, bringing deals to girls before they're my, like even right now, like <laughs> as I'm getting a lot of inquiries for girls to man, like girls or guys, but right. like 
to manage. I'm always like, especially with talent, I think that your brand, who is your manager, mm-hmm. it's a big, big role. It's almost like we have to date for you to mm-hmm. understand the value I'm going to bring. Cause I've heard so many influencers work with someone who like promised the world and then under delivered. And that is never my intention. So even like in this capacity, as like an example, when I was just in New York, I had a couple girls looking for representation. I was like, why don't I just soft start pitching you to brands, get you in some campaigns and you can experience like what it's like working with like myself and my team to like put you in a campaign, execute on it. And then like, we won't sign anything, nothing exclusive, nothing. Like I'll show value to you. Yeah. And then we can build an authentic relationship and see even if we mesh well, like on the me handling your everything around that deal, like contracts, there's so much more to it. So I think it's always like, adding value and showing that and like nurturing these relationships and not I feel like people can feel energy yeah for sure and, and I've noticed that too even with like closing a big brand as a client mm-hmm. it's like well if I am like pushing them like yeah. they can feel that energy you gotta be like in an abundant state that, I mean that's so true there's such a level it's funny because I actually did a whole podcast on this because mm-hmm. it was right in around 2020 where I started noticing like the scarcity energy inside of the agency and actually how to work and build and grow and scale the agency just through more of an abundant mindset. Mm -hmm. But I like this because I like offering value. And what you said about like the, can I take your brain for 30 minutes? It's like literally one of my biggest pet peeves. I think that there's, it's so, it's so honor. Like it's such an honor when people want to ask for your advice, Yeah, but it's also at this point where it's like, I would much rather approach someone and be like, Hey, how can I serve you? What can I do right now? Because there's something that I would really like to ask you. And I want to make sure that I'm also showing up as a value add as well. And then it levels the playing field. Mm -hmm. Then it's not so much, it's not so much of like, you needing their attention or asking for their help, it actually brings you up to like a partner perspective. Yeah, it's a level of respect they'll have for you. Like, I like respect people so much. Like, you don't look at them as a, like, as someone who just like wants to kind of like drain your energy. You look at it as an energy giver and someone that could, it could lead to so much more for that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So I I mean, I, I love talking with, about all this with you. And you're you're so dialed in right now with the influencer community. You're so dialed in with the CPG community. Where where do you see marketing and PR going right now in today's in today's age? I think truly everything, your industry with event marketing, I was gonna say this to you like after a recording, my industry, I think truly it's all gonna boom and it's all your mindset around it because mm-hmm. I've had like influencers tell me like oh, like my manager said that there's no money in influencer deals and that's why they haven't got me a deal. I'm like, well, that's not an abundant mindset. And also I think that's a weak excuse because there's maybe there's like a hundred brands cutting back on spend, but there's a thousand brands adding spend or it's just like the right types of, I also think it's like the right types of talent and community that you have. But I truly believe that everything is going to continue to compound and grow, especially like, I see the value so much with brands doing events because mm-hmm. it builds your community in real life. And mm-hmm. it just makes so much sense because when people can experience something real, mm-hmm. they're forever in that our network. Awesome. So I really believe in that. And like that touches on PR, like with work that I do with like getting brands to work with certain clientele, 
it all comes down to like, how can you get your brand out there to the world? How can you continue mm-hmm. to scale? Even if it's a personal brand and it's traditional press and PR, like you want to be out there and be a voice and reach more people. I think that the ways to do that, the strategies just get more advanced. And that's why I feel like my industry, especially because I'm very custom with how I work with each brand, mm-hmm. it's going to continue to continue to grow. And yeah, I agree. I don't, I think the creator economy is here to stay. I know that there's, I think the the whole scarcity energy around the recession, whether or not we're in a recession or there's coming to be a recession. I think that we're seeing a lot of brands kind of back off that budget that they were spending. But I don't think, I think again, like it has become an economy. And I think it's motivating the people like us for dancing in that because I feel like if brands are gonna, and I think everyone should be obviously cautious where they spend, but it's like, say I have $70,000 to put into an event. Well, then I'm going to make sure I work with the best people with that 70 and give it to like someone who I know is going to do a great job because you can also put money. I hear this all the time. Like when I'm talking to brands about doing their influencer campaigns, they put like, even if it's, even if it's 5k, like, Mm -hmm. like everything is relative money. Right. But Mm -hmm. I just believe like, yeah, you can literally throw 5K down the drain if you work with the wrong talent. Yeah, yeah, of course. But that's why it's like, I think it makes us as business owners, it's more like incentivizing because I'm like, I just got to be the best at what I do. <laughs> the best. So like, if people have money to send an influencer, they only come to... Right, there's, like, a, there's a market for everything. go to your agency because it's like, oh, yeah. it is an investment. Yeah. And I do believe they're powerful. Yeah, you I love that. the right way. So I want to ask you if you could give a piece of advice to maybe someone that is starting out or that really wants to get into the realm of work that you do or just wants, you know, or maybe it's just a piece of advice on just your mindset. Because I know you have this incredible mindset. mindset. <laughs> you really have, I mean, you really do. And if you guys follow Aisha on her social, it's like so motivating yeah. just to see how you structure your day. I love mindset. So. It's amazing. So if you had one piece of advice that you could share on the show today, what would it be? Oh my gosh. There's so many things. I know. <laughs> but I would say like continuing to do the inner work on yourself and strengthening your inner game. And this will apply for your personal life. Like now that I'm like being open and like really trying to have more balance yeah. and like date in LA and like be open and I'm like wow it's such an inner game like this dating world I was gonna say how's dating in LA I know that I've been off the market okay. for four years so I'm like that. I'm like an old grandma when it comes to dating I love <laughs> that's amazing I feel like it's only it's what every okay your external world mm-hmm. is a reflection of your inner world so because yeah. I've really worked on my inner world and the the perspectives the mindsets the stories I tell myself, it's made my external world what I want it to be. That's beautiful. But I really feel like it's all what you choose. Like I was with some girlfriends on the weekend and we were talking about like dating in LA because they're in the same stage that I'm in. And they had like different stories around it that weren't so positive. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, my experience has been a little bit different, but I also think it's like, cause I'm really cautious of the narrative I'm running. Uh-huh. And I think that pertains to everything, right? Like yeah. your work life, Mm-hmm. what narrative are you choosing? Like, is there an abundance of clients? And then also I will say, because trust me, like, I know we're really like high energy on this episode, but like, mm-hmm. I remember eating shit for so long, like not closing a client, going to so many meetings, taking so many discovery calls. Like I remember like not getting anyone to invest in me mm-hmm. and like not giving up <laughs> and yeah. like telling myself like, okay, no's 
more knows, but like that just means like there's gonna be a yes soon. Like it's like the reframe. Wow. I love that so much. And honestly, I think that this is what makes you such a great entrepreneur is is this frame of thinking. Because I think that then the more and more time I spend in entrepreneurship, but also working with other founders and working with brands or creators or you know, just even sitting down chatting with you, there's this level of they call it grit or they call it tenacity, yeah. right? And it's like the push through. And it's a lot of times I think people chalk that up to ambition. But honestly, at the end of the day, it is more of the mindset. It is more of the reframing. It's more of, it's not, I'm never giving up. It's that if there's so many no's, eventually there's going to be a yes. Yeah. And it's kind of shifting that. And I think some of the greatest entrepreneurs or some of the greatest founders have that wiring. Yeah, it's like, does I didn't go to school for this? No, <laughs> no, no one tells you there's going to be a lot of no's. <laughs> like, you know, they don't teach this in school. No. You just got to do the inner work so much. And I, I'm like speaking from this state right now, and it's exciting because it's like, when I'm 30, when I'm 35, I can only imagine if I keep going, doing the inner work, like where I'll be yeah. on that stage. Yeah. You know? Oh my God. Aisha, this has been such an awesome interview. You were just such a light. Where can everyone find you? Where can you? You're so fun to like <laughs> podcast with. You're such a natural. You know, you always feel the difference when you podcast with podcasters. Yeah. It's just because then it just becomes a fun conversation. Oh. So thank you for this. It's of been course. incredible. But I'm on social, of course. Instagram's my favorite. So at Aisha Sarah, and I know like the spelling. I hate when people spell them. <laughs> What's well, so, like, that? Spell, yeah, spell it for us. A Y E S H A. Aisha. Aisha, yeah. Yes. And Sarah. Sorry, S- sure that. <laughs> yeah. And then last name is S E H R A. And then easier at Coffee and a Good Vibe everywhere. Like Instagram, I post there more than my personal because I'm so passionate about that account. And then um coffee and a good vibe on podcast on all podcasting platforms and we have the website and everything. But even if you just go to like Instagram or the podcast, it'll link to everything else. And if you guys are in LA, LA or yeah, near LA or you want to come to LA, plan your trip around one of our events. Hell yeah. And New York. We do a lot in New York. Hopefully we'll continue to grow and also we'll work with that. Wendy, I know there'll be a collab. I know there'll be like some type of event. We have an event coming up. It's not, unfortunately, it's not open to the public just yet. But you guys, if you guys are in New York, you guys can hear Aisha moderate an incredible panel. I'm sure this episode will come out after, but it'll be really awesome. We're teaming up with Clear Sam. You're going to be doing a live panel, live podcast panel with also Lindsay and Krista from Almost 30, which is so insane. So cool. And yeah. I mean, honestly, girl, you are just amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for letting me interview you in oh, fabulous La La Land. And um, yeah, thanks for going under the influence with us. Thank you for having me. I love this.